Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here tonight with Ira Cooper. Welcome, Ira. Thanks, Dave. Or how you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm fighting off some cold, so I don't know what it is, but I'm fighting it off. All right, Ira. <clears throat> that was that. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it's uh, it's January, so aren't you usually fighting <laughs> off a uh, cold around this time of year? It's all winter <laughs> every winter, so I'm used to it by now. <clears throat> all right, uh, Ira. That was a thrilling hockey game. 4-3 win of the Edmonton Oilers over the Vegas Golden Knights. They finish, well, this is the road trip over, the four-game road trip to the West Coast. Four and one, Three wins and one loss. Man, they needed to, to have a winning record on this road trip, and they got it. And um, they got it in outstanding style, and we're going to get into that uh, tonight. And in kind of an unexpected way, in a, in a very un-Oiler-like way for this season. This is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. And because it is a huge Oilers victory, we'll go with two good things each. And Ira Cooper, you will start it off with your good thing. But before you start, I just want to say uh, Bruce is away tonight. We talked about this yesterday. He's uh, uh, <clears throat> was in Red Deer today for the celebration of his of, um, of life of his uh, father-in-law who passed away. So Ira, thanks for stepping up tonight. You know, my pleasure, and 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 thank you for saying that. I was gonna bring that up as well. Condolences uh, uh, to 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 Bruce, and obviously his 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 wife and and his son. Um, and uh, that was last night uh, when he dedicated the podcast. That was the the second one that was dedicated to a a father figure for in the last few months. Uh, and hopefully uh, uh, that's the last one for a while. <laughs> it was the third Ira, because my my own father passed away, and your father passed yeah. away, and right. Bruce's father-in-law. So all three of us, yeah. within a three-month period, have, have have been going through this. Alrighty, okay. let's get at it. Um, you surely you did say thrilling win, and and, and was it was it ever? Um, you know, given the the circumstances, um, you never know what you're going to get with this team. But you know, playing their uh, you know third game in four nights, third their fifth game in eight nights in five different um, arenas. Um, all the built-in excuses were there. You could call it a scheduled loss. Um, but my good thing is going to be basically the way they started the game and the way they they ended the game. Um, I'm not sure if, if you um, break down the the you know grade A chances and five alarm by by period. Um, yeah, we do. Natural stat trick actually has um, for the first period the, the Golden Knights with the, with the higher expected goals, um, but I don't always trust their numbers. And I thought the Oilers came out with their legs. I thought they were by far the dominant team in the first period. Um, you know, with you know the two early goals on great plays, the stretch pass by Barry the Yanmark, um, which is always great to see a third period, a third line a five on five goal. Um, you know, McDavid missed a, a clear-cut breakaway. They they were unlucky <clears throat> to, to not just only be up by one, but to not to be up by about four. So I was uh, quite impressed with the way they, they started that game. They were taking care of the puck. They weren't giving up a lot. Um, I did think they sagged a bit in the second. That probably had a lot to do with the, with the Golden Knights um, as well. They weren't bad. Um, you know, I don't think they gave up much, but they weren't, you know, you know didn't seem to be as quick. Um, they weren't first to every puck like they were in the first. 
But I think that all changed again in the third. And, you know, given that five games in, in eight nights and five different arenas against a, a top team, I think they absolutely locked it down in the third period. Um, Natural Statric, who I just said I uh, don't necessarily trust their numbers, but if we did, um, they had a, they had um, uh, Vegas with only one scoring chance in the uh, entire third period. And, you know, I thought the Oilers did well of get, getting pucks, breaking breaking up pucks in the defensive zone and getting them out. Took a few icings. It wasn't always pretty. Um, but they skated uh, to, to the last shift. And I think they get a couple uh, great days, uh, a, a couple great days to rest now um, before they come back home after a successful road trip. So being tired, you know, you could have tired legs to start, but they didn't. And you could be tired at the end of the game and, and they gutted it out. So it's so a great job for the Oilers tonight. Yeah, so natural statric, of course, they they count shots at net. They don't have to be on net. And they also count, um, like, shots that just dribble in. And when if you're watching it, and or if they had a way to measure velocity, they wouldn't count them. But they don't, there's no, they don't have the velocity in their, in their metric. So um, there's some fairly weak shots that get counted. And there's some, def- go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but they, they don't count, you know, if it's coming <clears throat> east to west and cross crease. It's basically just where it's from in a certain zone and, and correct um so you know like yeah. i think it's a great tool and i and i look at it every day of, of my life um but but you know i think the work that the cult does um with you know you you know you have eyes on everyone and you you you, you take a look and you talk about it whether it really was a a great a chance you know uh, leon just can can make some great a chances that natural stat trick would have is like a great d but when it's leon uh, from the corner almost uh, it can be a great a that is true and like when mcdavid's charging down the wing for instance and takes a shot from the dot mo- most players shooting from the faceoff dot it's a great b shot they're not going to score but there's some players when Connor mcdavid's charging down the wing full speed and he drives it at net from the dot that's going to go in 20% of the time. So we, we, we can adjust for that. So we had it in the first period. Anyway, we had it in the first period, six grade A shots for the Oilers and just one yeah. for the Vegas Golden Knight. So it was quite a dominating. Um, I didn't, th- I don't think your eyes deceived you, Ira. That was a dominating first period from the Edmonton Oilers. And in the third period, we had it uh, four grade A shots for the Oilers and two for the um, Vegas Knights. There was the one shot that deflected off McDavid that uh, bounced in and gave Campbell some trouble. And then there was the the uh, really hellacious wrist shot from uh, Carlson off Campbell's mask yeah. in that one. So it was um, overall the grade A shots in this game were uh, 15 for the Oilers and seven for Vegas. So uh, overall a pretty strong defensive performance. Like you say in the second, it um, <coughs> it went uh, Vegas's way a little bit more. My um, First good thing, I'm going to uh, start with Leon Dreisaitl's offensive play. And um, the first goal that he scores, he first of all knocks the puck out of midair in the neutral zone, and then he does it again. McDavid charges in on net, puts the puck on net. There's a, there's a rebound that flips into the air, and Dreisaitl bats it out of the air right into the off the ice. <coughs> Excuse me. Off the ice and into the net. <coughs> just a great play by Leon there. Then the um <coughs> excuse me, Ira. Um the the next one. Um what do we have here? I think it was the shot low blocker. What was the 
<clears throat> that's the two on one. Is yep. that right? Is yep, that correct? correct. The, the similar goal to the to the close, <clears throat> uh, low blocker side. Oh yeah, I'm just wondering why we don't have Nurse marked out. Nurse was in on the two on one with uh, Dry Settle, but he didn't touch the puck. So this one. Um, Hyman and McDavid, where I'm not exactly sure who won the puck in the Oilers' defensive zone. They both kind of converged on the Vegas puck carrier and knocked the puck away from that player. And it goes to Drysaddle. He's in on a two-on-one with Darnell Nurse. And just an amazing shot. Like, he just he just puts it, um, he's coming, he's on his off wing, <clears throat> puts it um, low, right off the post, and beats the goalie. Even more amazing, though, in some ways, is that Clem Costin, Clean, clean the dream. Um, replicates that shot a short time later to score. It's almost the exact same shot. Yeah. And on that note, I was gonna, I was, I was thinking about a very obscure good thing that was never ever been said on this podcast. I'm sure I almost gave it to Dustin Schwartz. Um, from what I know, um, one of the big parts of a goaltending, uh, a goaltending coach's job is to scout the opposing team's goalie. And I think they were shooting low blocker on Thompson all night long. And uh, I can't say I know this, but I have a feeling that that, that Dustin Schwartz, that uh, the much maligned Dustin Schwartz might have had a say in, in those two goals. They did look like it because when McDavid went in on that breakaway, right, he went low blocker too when he got stopped on his breakaway. Um, I can't remember when that was. It was... Oh, he cut out there for a sec. Anyway, Leon on the attack was, <clears throat> he was fantastic. He he made all kinds of uh, plays all game long and was his normal, brilliant self. And um, let's move on to your second good thing, Ira. Oh, only one more, hey, and, and such a thrilling game. Um, and I'm going to go with something that goes a bit beyond tonight's game, but was definitely important tonight, um, which was the, uh, the again, much maligned the penalty kill. Um, only uh, only 0 for 2 tonight, but on this uh, three-game, sorry, 2 for 2 tonight on the PK, but on this uh, three-game winning streak, I believe uh, they have now killed off nine straight since the uh, debacle in L.A., um, only three power plays um, total between the two teams tonight, one for the Oilers, um, two for the two for the Knights. But um, I think the Oilers were extremely unlucky not to score on those. They, they were just whipping the puck around um, almost like the Vegas uh, PK wasn't there. And then you see the exact opposite. I thought the Knights had absolutely nothing going on their PK, on their PP and a chance to gain momentum uh, for the Knights both times. But um, the Oilers... Uh, uh, didn't allow it to happen. Um, and given, you know, how poor it was at the beginning of the road trip, um, and granted that might just be a one-off now because I don't have the numbers in front of me and I know it's not great for the year, but take away that uh, LA game. And I think it's been close to three weeks, three to four weeks where it's actually been quite good. But on uh, on the rest, the last three games of this road trip, I thought they did a great job. As soon as the opposing team bobbled the puck, they're on it. You know, it's it's good. It's almost what Rob Brown, um, if you if you listen to 6:30, Chad um, often talks about um, eyes and butts. If if you see the defender's eyes, um, you back off. If you see their butt, you pounce on, on the PK. So if you see their butts, or if there's a bobble, they're right on it. Active sticks uh, cutting off the cross seam pass that's killed them all year. So I'm going to give kudos uh, to the PK because. Um, you know, I'm sure every Oilers fan gets nervous every time they're in the, the penalty box, and uh, they uh, we didn't need to feel nervous tonight, as it turned out. 
I uh, can't hear you, Dave. Derek Ryan, I thought, did especially well on the PK. Had one really nice clearance with his glove. Um, just looking here at the uh, the on ice totals for the Oilers. Um, <clears throat> my second good thing is the Nugent Hopkins line. Um, Matthias Janmark, oh. his offensive game has come alive. Okay. And um, I, I, I've been saying all along, I really like this player. He's a smart player. He didn't score much. <coughs> Wasn't getting many points, but all of a sudden, the points are coming. And um, that first goal, I mean, talk about, you know, setting up your team for a good night. Um, Tyson's Bear, Tyson Berry's pass, first of all, is a vertical stretch pass, just slicing right up the middle of the ice. Eyes up, right on the stick. Matthias Janmark in, boom, and he, and he shoots it, like you said, he went blocker side, I think. Um, he was a little higher blocker side, but or, no, he went glove side, correct? Short side, glove side. He was off to the <clears> side, right? He wasn't straight on. Yeah, so he he um, he just snapped that in there. Um, he in the second period, he he was like he he made all Evan Cornway like and burst down the wing, and ripped a shot off the post, and then uh, Costin Clem Costin, claimed the dream, uh, put it up for Nugent Hopkins in the slot for a five alarm shot. So, um, and then, of course, um, Costin goes in on the two-on-one uh, on, a, on a great stretch pass from Janmark, and Costin scores. So this line, um, in the third period, it was the one line when they're out, they were out there, I was thinking, this line is not getting scored on. I was worried um, about <clears throat> the McDavid line because they had some troubles earlier in the game. <clears throat> You don't know what to think about the other lines because they're not really lines. They, you know, it's a mishmash of players. And McLeod, the McLeod line, had had a little bit of trouble. I was glad glad to see though that Holloway was put out there and Ryan was put out there um, late in the third. But this line, when they were on the ice, um, they were shutting it down. They were not allowing <clears throat> much bad at all to happen. And um, let me just see um, five on five. The shots were nine to four. In favor of the Oilers when Nugent Hopkins was on the ice, he uh, rubbed out a Modio on, along the boards. Yeah, that might he's, have been his career on the end boards there. Yeah, he's um, he's, he's playing good hockey. Yeah, it's interesting on that on that third line as a whole. Oilers fans have been talking about it uh, for for a few games now because they have been playing well. And, and but it, it looks <clears> like they might have. You know, I took a look at the numbers today. For for Janmark, Costin, uh, and Nuge on the year, and to tell you the truth, it looked like they were they had quite the PDO heater. They were about thirty eight percent on the expected goals, and they they were quite massive uh, negative in the shots, but about fifty percent on actual goals. But that wasn't the case tonight. Tonight they were in the offensive zone the entire game, uh, seemingly. Um, they they were cycling the puck. They were winning battles, and you know as they have been. Uh, Bearing their chances, so um, it's uh, that line seems to be getting better and better. And I know you've been talking about them all, all year long that you like Matthias. <laughs> many, many Oilers fans were like, "Why does the coach keep giving him ice time? Why does the coach keep giving him ice time? Um, he should go back down to the minors." He's and I, and I always thought that it was a bit in between, you know, the David Staples view <laughs> and, and, and 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 the masses on uh, on Twitter, if we could ever believe them. Um, but the last. 
you know, the last three games for sure, but the last couple of weeks, his offensive game has really been coming. He's uh, He might be, have a little bit of a Jesse Pugliarvi-itis not being able to finish, um, but then tonight, um, you know, that great finish and another one off the off the off the post so um not only is he making great plays winning battles in the offensive zone and, and some pretty good vision but but now he's finishing so you know gravy with uh that third line if they could outscore on even a semi-consistent basis and then break even generally um that's a boon for this team for sure what i've liked about him from the start is his defensive play i mean he wins board battles and he he just hardly is ever out of position in the defensive zone. He makes the right play. So he just, you know, when you're looking when you're looking at all the grade A shots and you're trying to figure out, well, who's making the mistakes against, his name hardly ever comes up because he, he's just always in position. More by far the best defensive winger on the orders, and it's not close. Like he he's just he's money in the defensive zone. So that's what I that's why I was always really enthusiastic about about this player. <clears throat> so, um, you know, his offense hasn't been great, obviously. He hasn't scored much, and uh, he hasn't made a lot, <coughs> a lot of great plays, but he's coming on now. Mm-hmm. All right, what is your bad thing, Ira? Um, and just right before my bad thing, I'm Go ahead. you mentioned uh, uh, Ryan and, and Holloway. It, it seemed in the third period, um, it, it was interesting timing, because I'm like, Holloway hasn't really played much. And then all of a sudden, in the third period, I think they got three shifts. He put together Holloway, Ryan, and Pugliarvi, as a yeah. line at about two and a half minutes in the in the in the third period protecting a one goal lead and they're dominant um they're unbelievable i think the shot i don't have it right in front of me but i think it was four to one on shots and and, and you know they, they were never really in trouble so maybe that's something to to look for going forward that would be quite an interesting uh fourth line i i, I thought uh, derek ryan's career as a as a center was over but uh or maybe holloway was playing center on that line i think you know, no, it was Ryan. I think it was Ryan. Yeah. Um, and uh, Pugliarvi looked really good on that line, too. I mean, I thought he had a pretty good game, actually. Yes, Pugliarvi's looking not bad at all. Um, so my bad thing, um, I'm going to stay away from the from the officiating, uh, even though I am uh, sitting in for Bruce a little bit. There's, <laughs> there's a couple things that uh, I could talk about. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with just the you know the late goals. Um, you know they dominate that that first period at least to my eye, and you know I'd like to say that it was just a lucky goal and maybe it was a lucky goal in the end because I don't think Collison meant to bank that in, but it was just that you know is this and I think you're gonna you're gonna talk about it a bit that the first line you know had I don't know if they were out there for for two minutes but it was mainly because. Um, they had a, a long shift. They had a chance to get off. They didn't do it, and then they got running around their own zone. And Dry was looking uh, to to get vengeance against Colasar, and and then the lucky goal banks in, and and the period, you know, is two one. But you know, Vegas is probably you know, like late goals can be a killer. Vegas is going into that intermission, presumably all of a sudden going, okay, we don't deserve to be in this game, um, but we are. Um, and uh, you know, the Oilers are thinking, oh man. All that work, and we're only up by one. Um, and then similar, end of the second period, the Oilers have a two-goal lead. Um, and one of my good things was going to be, uh, at one point, was uh, um, coming back after getting scored on. Um, because that goal by Costin, I think, was about 17 seconds after they had given up the two-goal lead. To, and they got the two-goal lead right back. And I'm thinking, great goal, huge goal. We're going to get into the third period of the two-goal lead, and then boom. I think it was about 55 seconds left. 
another goal that could have been backbreaking, especially going in to the third period with all that travel and all those games um, that could be deflating. Um, so, you know, those late goals could have been killers, but kudos to the team for coming out strong at the beginning of, of each period um, and not letting the momentum carry through um, like it often does. Uh, I didn't see this, but Bruce caught this. He was able to watch the game, and he communicated this to me, that um, <clears throat> that goal at the end of the second period deflected in off Kulak. Mm-hmm. Kulak was um, a little late coming out to the slot there to cover the shooter. I think it was Carlson, and mm-hmm. it was a hell of a shot, but um, he apparently it did go in off him. Okay. So my, <clears throat> my bad thing really is around um, the first two goals against... <clears throat> The um, that first goal at the end of the first period, the Oilers they were completely outnumbered in front of their own net. There was three Vegas players battling, mm-hmm. and there was Philip Broberry and there was Evan Bouchard battling with them. Leon Dreisaitl was F one, and he was not battling. He was fronting them. He was fronting that group of players. And he never got engaged and he ended up in the red light zone, you know, not covering anyone and not covering a passing lane mm-hmm. and the pucks in the net because Colasar puts it in off Campbell. I think Colasar may have intended that Campbell's down and out and you're thinking, well, let's try it, you know, give it a chance and see if you can do this. But it's Leon, <clears throat> you know, we talked about there's a, you know, a couple on a couple plays, Leon bats the puck out of the air. Like he likes to play the puck. He watches the puck. He follows the puck. He do, if, but he doesn't always take the man in front of the net. This is the main flaw in Leon Dreisaitl's defensive game. If he just lifts a stick, takes a man, that that's probably a different play. Maybe even earlier on in the sequences of a different play. Twice it came out to the point, and twice Hyman and McDavid also failed to to block the um, incoming shots. But really, I just thought Leon yeah. take a man, man. Just just don't always. Sometimes it's just be a brute out there on defense. Don't be the smartest player on the ice, be the toughest player on the ice. And I would like to see that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, sometimes Leon and, and Dry together can, can, can get stale. Um, but, but often when they put Hyman there, um, they can just dominate offensively. And I think in the offensive zone, they, they, they did tonight. They're, they're very dynamic. I, I think I checked the on-ice stats after the second and it was quite in their favor. But it, <laughs> They can be, and that line, an absolute tire fire defensively. Um, yeah. I, I love Zach Hyman. I've met Zach Hyman. I've talked to him. Um, but I think his two-way game, his defensive game in particular, is, is a bit overrated by Oilers fans. Um, I don't. If he worked as hard in the, like in battle and in, in the defensive zone as he does in the offensive zone, um, he might be the best player in the league to tell you the truth because he's so dogged in in, in the offensive zone. Um, but but you put him and and you know dry with his inconsistency um, defensively and and it's something that I think you Dave have mentioned many many times in the past. I don't know if it was an issue tonight, um, but I think dry and McDavid can sometimes when they're together get confused on who's going to have the center role and who's going to have the the winger role and and maybe yeah. It's- intuitive on, on where they are. I don't think that was necessarily a, a problem on that goal. Um, I think it was partially a function that, you know, they, they had a chance to get off the ice, but they went for one more offensive rush and then they got caught and, and they're tired. And um, so I, I love them offensively um, as a trio, um, but, but in their own zone, it's, it, it's an adventure sometimes. And 
you know, they were out there with the shift with the empty net. Um, and I love them in that case scenario is when they're fresh, you know, all they need is a split second and, and, and they can churn a, a, a loose puck into the, into the game clinching goal, which they, which they almost did. Um, but, but it's sometimes it could be, be scary when they get running around. Yeah. Zach Hyman is no Matthias Janmark <laughs> <laughs> on defense. Uh, he, He's okay. He works hard, but again, there's concentration lapses, and all of their focus is on the attack, like their offensive hockey players. And and you know, let the offense. God bless them. Let them. Let those guys do it. Let them roll. But they're you know, it's one of the things that has been a problem with the Oilers giving up too many goals this year. Is is that? And and so then on the second goal, we saw it again. The puck goes behind the net. CC's battling with a guy. The puck squirts loose, and and Drysaddle. Um, Man comes out of the corner with the puck. <clears throat> it goes into this into the slot and um, is pounded into the net. I think that's when Carlson scored, mm-hmm. and um, Nurse was unable to get to the shooter. So again, it went right through Leon. Um, he's playing the puck. He's not. If he had just if he had just gone in and played the body initially, um, and I understand it's a long season. The NHL is a long season. Playing the body is easier said than done. It's arduous. It's it, it, it will take it will wear you out if you do that all year long but i just want to <clears throat> to um what i want to see from these players and i think mcdavid has has achieved it to the to the greatest extent is when the game is on the line can you then turn on the defensive fundamentals and and crank it down and and make sure that you're not making those kind of mistakes that you do take the body that you do that you are in the right spot and I <clears throat> have seen an improvement in Connor McDavid over the years. Dry subtle when he's determined and he wants to play the body, like there's no stopping him on defense. He's just such a force. So, and I understand that he can't do that all the time. Like that is, that's a given. But, um, you know, this, these are two goals against where he's right in the middle of it. And, and, and it kind of, my good thing was his utterly brilliant play on the attack. But there is this other side and I don't think, I think it's appropriate to recognize both things um, as, you know, as people who are tr- trying to analyze the game here a little bit. And on that note, I think it's important to, to and when you say, like, you know, he can pick it up when it matters and when he puts his mind to it, that the, the entire team, including that first line, I think locked it down in the third period. Um, I don't remember. I, as I said, I think they had one scoring chance. Uh, at least <clears throat> that did for, for, uh, for the Knights in, in the third. I don't think uh, they had any grade A's by, by our count in, in the third. So um, they're they much better in, in the third um, when the game was truly on the line. And I would echo that. Um, although I was anxious when they were on the ice in the third period, they actually played really well. The McDavid line and Dreisaitl, they were they were strong defensively. Mm-hmm. They got it done. So the whole team did. It was an unusual performance, Ira. Mm-hmm. It was... We um, probably were all kind of expecting the other shoe to drop because we've seen it happen so many times this year, and somehow they did it. I was just, I was just watching the score clock the entire third period. Like it seemed like every mm-hmm. second took so mm-hmm. long, especially the last ten minutes. Whistles in the third compared to the first two periods as well. So yeah, what's your number? Um. Again, I'm going to do something that's not just tonight's game. It's going to go over the last three games. The I could go for three for for three game winning streak, but I'm going to go with um, the Oilers. Uh, the shot totals over the last three games. Um, the Oilers shots four, but also the shot differential. So, um, you know, I'm going to go back before I start. Um, 
I'm not, you know, I, I'm of the Jay Woodcroft, um, you know, way of thinking a bit on this one where shots are not necessarily um, indicative of flow of play. Um, and, and I've watched a lot of hockey games with my mom over the last uh, a few months as I was based in Edmonton. So we probably watched, you know, 10 to 15 hockey games together. And my mom was always like, oh, they only have one shot or the other team shot. I'm like, mom, it doesn't matter. There's been no scoring chances. So so it's a little odd for me to, uh, to, to go and talk about the shot totals. But um, I do think that the Oilers are full value um, for these shots because they don't waste a lot of shots, you know, especially the the, the top line. They, you know, the McDavid and Joy aren't wasting shots. <laughs> um, no. So, um, you know, so against the Ducks, um, the Oilers had 53 shots against the Sharks, 41 shots and against Vegas, 37 shots. Um, so that's 37 as as the the least amount in three regulation games, but but even more so is we're close to a like between a 15 and a 20 um, sh- uh, shot differential average between these three games. It was 53 to 23 in the Ducks game, uh, so that's 30 shot <laughs> differential. 41 to 26 in the Sharks game, so 15-shot differential. And then tonight, they did, unfortunately, allow the Knights to get that 30th shot, but it was 37 to 30, so, you know, 25, 15, sorry, 30, 15, and 7-shot differential over the three games. The Oilers, you know, and again, I don't think they're they're wasting shots uh, um, from the outside. Um, so they've really started to, to lock it down uh, defensively as well as far as shots on goal. Maybe that has something to do with these last three games for Jack Campbell games. Um, Stuart Skinner seems to play better when he gets uh, 40 shots uh, or more, um, but, but maybe it's a building uh, building their trust in Jack um, or the other way around uh, that, that they don't want to give a, that, that many shots. But, uh, uh, but they've been defending much better. Not a lot of massive turnovers, um, you know, blocking a few more shots. So um, just overall, the, the metrics of this team um, are, are looking a little more positive. Yeah, they looked, they've looked really good these last um, three games. And, uh, man, did that ever come at the right time because they were just in <coughs> risk at losing the, losing the plot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Ira, my um, number is related to, to this. In the last two games, in both games, um, the Oilers have only given up one five-alarm shot each game. Wow. And um, so a five-alarm shot is a shot that we, we've, a grade-A shot will go in on average about 25% of the time. And a five-alarm shot is a subset of the grade-A shot. It's the very best scoring chances. It's like a breakaway. When, when NHL players are in on a breakaway, they score about 33% of the time. So five-alarm shots go in about 33% of the time. And the Oilers had seven <coughs> tonight, and the um, Vegas the Vegas Knights had just one. Wow. The Anaheim, uh, excuse me, San Jose had just one. So this is two games in a row. A ten alarm shot uh, in the San Jose game. <laughs> What's that? That might have been a ten alarm shot in. Oh the yeah, last... that one. Vlasic <laughs> shot. The Vlasic shot. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that was um that was a bad one for. Yes, Arvi lost coverage on that one. Um, but, um, and man, that guy, yeah, Vlasic got off a good shot and Campbell was, made a great save, but, um, so just won this game, one last game. This is really solid defensive hockey. The orders have been chastised as much by us as anyone, I think, um, for their, um, defensive breakdowns and poor defensive play this year. 
And um, it's been hard to watch a lot of nights because their defensive fundamentals have been so off and they've just they've given up endless two-goal leads. Tonight, they held on to a two-goal lead. Tonight, they, they held on to a third-period lead. And they, 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 they thwarted, they shut essentially shut down a very good team in the third period um, and didn't let them come back, a team known for coming back. So kudos to the Edmonton Oilers. Maybe they're maybe they're getting it. Maybe the um, maybe it's coming together. I mean, they brought up um, Andre the Giant there, uh, Vincent Deharnay, <clears throat> and oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, Philip Broberry and Bouchard had a solid game. I thought Darnell Nurse was was really effective, and um, uh, Tyson Berry <clears throat> and uh, Brett Kulak were, were uh, pretty good. I mean, the the puck did. Um, deflect off Kulak there. That'll happen. But um, yeah, overall, a fantastic first period and a very tough uh, second period. Had a lot of a couple, at least three uh, giveaways of kind of below the hash marks in the in the second period. None of them hurt. I don't. I don't think, if I recall. But uh, it was a pretty uneven game for Tyson. But but he's been pretty consistent for most of this year. So I'm gonna give him a bit of a pass. Especially, I'm not sure who's doing the game grades, but he might get a plus two for the for the stretch pass on the first goal. Yeah, I think I gave him a six overall. So that that's about right, I think. Yeah, I didn't fail anyone this game, um, because a huge win like that, you win as a team in a game like that. If you have a weak link. <laughs> a failing player you're going to lose because Vegas will take advantage of that that player. Yeah, I think Alrighty. everybody played. I think the lowest ice time total uh, was uh, Pugliardi at nine minutes, then Holloway at 9.24, and then Derek Ryan at 10. But they played more as the game went on, it seemingly. It seemed that because that was that, that line that was put together in the, in the third period uh, um, uh, for some big shifts. It was interesting that he did that, Woodcroft. I was just about getting ready to carve him a little bit for not playing Holloway enough in that yep. game. And then, he put, <laughs> and then he put him out there for, it was like two or three third period shifts in the final 10 minutes. Yep. And it's like, all right, yep. you're trusting this kid. And yep. I was getting a little nervous that he was trusting him so much, yep. but it worked out. And this is this is absolutely crucial. I mean, you got to play these players. And um, <clears throat> they're, onto, <clears throat> they're onto something here, Ira. I don't know if they can keep winning, but... Uh, this well, is this is huge. A couple days, and then well, the, somebody's got to break the, the Kraken's winning streaks because I think that's who they play on Tuesday. So it might as well be the Oilers. Oh, those Kraken! What a- unbelievable, unbelievable! I think, and don't quote me on this. I think I read somewhere uh, on Twitter that it, it, it's the first seven-game road, like one road trip, seven-game sweep, and like. NBA or NFL <laughs> history or something along those lines. So I, I'd have to go find it uh, again. And maybe I shouldn't have said it because I probably screwed it up completely. But but what the Kraken are doing right now is is historic um, on the road at least. So well, maybe they're getting some goaltending because they've been a good defensive team. I mean, they've got some good defensemen. Alexiak and Larson are good defensive defensemen. And Larson is uh, plus six tonight. Jeez. <laughs> Well, I've always been a huge Adam Larson fan. Yeah. So, Alrighty, Ira, um, I really appreciate you filling in tonight. I want to thank you for uh, for doing so. Thanks again. Thanks, Dave. Have a great night. You too. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.